Restaurants are struggling right now, big time. Yeah, it's definitely very bad. Um, the National Restaurant Association predicts that in a three-month period, five to seven million hospitality service workers, you know, cooks, uh, dishwashers, uh, servers will lose their jobs. A lot already have. Caleb Pershing is a reporter for Eater. He's been covering the impacts of the pandemic on the restaurant industry. So I asked him, how's the industry doing right now? Most places that suddenly can't pay rent uh, are unable to keep paying their employees. Restaurants operate on, you know, a week-to-week, month-to-month revenue. And so every restaurant group has laid off its employees for the most part in, you know, the major cities that I've written about in San Francisco, where I was Eater's editor for a while, and in uh, in New York City, where I'm based now. It's the right thing to do to get employees uh, or now former employees onto unemployment insurance. But yeah, it's obviously really, really painful. For many restaurants, the only option to bring in money right now is takeout and delivery. And that means relying on third-party delivery apps like Grubhub and DoorDash. So how is that going? That's today on the show. Plus, I talked to a high-end restaurant owner and app developer who's been forced to innovate in a realm he never thought he'd have to enter, the takeout world. I'm Ariel Jim Ross. This is Reset. I try to maintain a certain degree of professional distance from the industry that I cover, but I'm really close to people who are in a lot of pain right now, and it sucks. Caleb Pershing, so restaurants are relying on delivery and pickup right now, and many of them, if not most of them, are using these third-party delivery apps. So without taking the pandemic into account here— how does that typically work? Yeah, so a lot of them are based on contracts. The restaurant operator will um, sign maybe different contracts with Grubhub and DoorDash, which owns Caviar now, and Uber Eats. And those will contain, you know, maybe a different percentage that the third-party delivery app will will take per order. Some of those apps, too, uh, don't have a contract with the restaurant in question, things like Postmates, um, and now you've started to see Grubhub and others take this approach, don't have a formal contract with all the restaurants on their platform. Instead, they just throw up a menu for the restaurant and have their courier um, go place the order on behalf of the customer, go pick it up at the restaurant as if they're a regular customer, and then deliver it with an added delivery fee. And generally speaking, the cuts, that commission that these apps take, how big is that? Like 15% on the lowest end to 30% um, on the highest end. 30% of every order. And that's not even talking about the delivery fee that the consumer pays that, that they will see in the app. No, yeah. And, and, and then, you know, it would be nice to leave a tip for, for your delivery person, which a lot of people don't do. Which you definitely should do at least 20%. Yes, I, I heartily agree. Especially now. Like, oh my God, give more. How do restaurants feel about how these third-party apps charge them for, for their services? 
they are really upset about it. It's a huge um, complaint of theirs. Restaurant margins are so slim to begin with that this means to actually make money on delivery through third-party apps, they have to do tons of volume, which is exhausting. So yeah, they think these fees are way too high. And are there other issues for restaurants that use delivery apps? Yeah, definitely. If you have another service delivering your food, you do lose a bunch of control over the quality of how your food gets presented. And then maybe you get a crappy Yelp review because a third-party delivery service didn't do a great job getting it to the customer. Okay, so if you lose a bunch of control and you get slapped with a 15 to 30% commission on top of all of that, why do restaurants use third-party delivery apps at all? It's a good question. They can't totally get around it. It's really hard to have your own fleet of delivery people. Um, It's easier to to have a third-party app do it, and it's also just really hard to opt out. Is pivoting to delivery and pickup exclusively, is that saving restaurants from closing? Uh, I don't think so. And I don't think most restaurants think so. It's going to be a stopgap measure at best. Maybe uh, 10 or 20 percent of the revenue that they used to get, they'll be able to get this way. Okay, so if restaurants are trying to make a little bit of money with with these third party apps, these delivery apps, how is that going right now? I think it's going okay. I think that restaurants would tell you that they wish delivery apps would waive more of the fees that they typically charge. Before all of this, these third-party delivery apps like Seamless and Grubhub were already somewhat unpopular with restaurants because they charge a lot in commission fees, you know, something between like 15 and even 30% just for uh, being the source of an order and having someone deliver it. So yeah, the fact that they can't take the entire cut of the delivery order means that it isn't ideal for restaurants now more than ever. A program from Grubhub, they said that they would provide $100 in relief, but rather than just waiving their commissions, they're just deferring them. So eventually restaurants will have to pay those back. Do you think that, that this pandemic is exposing these issues with delivery apps just a little bit more than it were before? You know, do you think people are more aware of this? Uh, Yeah, if anything, this pandemic lays bare the difficulty that delivery apps and restaurants were having with one another uh, beforehand. And so for people who are self-isolating and and who want to support restaurants right now, what are the best options for consumers to do that? If you want to go get takeout yourself and feel uh, healthy and comfortable enough to do it, you know, It'd be best if you call the restaurant directly so that that large cut uh, isn't taken by a third-party delivery app. Maybe they'll be able to deliver food themselves. Go straight to the restaurant in any way you can, either by calling them or by going to their website. And also, then, if you do use a third-party app to get a delivery, tip handsomely. Caleb Pershing is a reporter for Eater. We reached out to Grubhub for comment about their new deferment policy that allows restaurants to pay their fees for delivery later. A spokesperson for the company said, quote, Our marketing commission fee deferral initiative provided immediate and substantial cash flow relief to thousands of restaurants nationwide. After the break, a restaurateur in Chicago is keeping his business alive using his own takeout app. And he's helping others, too. 
There's a small restaurant that emailed us and said, when we were busy before the pandemic, we would do three to $4,000 a day in sales. And I just hired three more cooks because we're doing $20,000 a day in sales. This is Reset. Hey, it's Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash notepad. Nick Kokonis has a lot of cred in the restaurant industry. He's the co-owner of the Alinea Group in Chicago, which oversees four restaurants, including Chicago's only three Michelin-starred restaurant, which is also called Alinea. Pre-pandemic, that exclusive restaurant had a months-long wait list, and it was known for its 12 to 20-course meals that cost upwards of $250. And that's without alcohol. And now, well... It's doing takeout. I gave Nick a call and asked him about his takeout menu. I think you're doing coco vine this week, right? So tell me, how does that work? I'm a customer. I want to get your coco vine dish. What happens next? Well, you're going to get a salad with that. You're going to get some uh, 50-50 mashed potatoes. That's half butter, half potato, the way it should be. Nice and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're going to get the coco vent sauce packaged separately. You're going to get dessert. I think it's a chocolate pot du creme this week. And you're going to get a little instruction sheet saying, hey, here's how to do this the best way, and here's how to do it in a microwave. <laughs> um, and so uh, reheating the coco vent is as simple as putting it in the oven. You're going to take the sauce, put it in a pan, add a couple tablespoons of water, get that to the right consistency, remove, pour over, plate it up. Same thing with the potatoes, a little bit of water in a pan, whipping them, putting it on the plate. Pretty simple. So it's like mostly pre-cooked, and then there's a little bit of like finishing stuff that you do at home. Yeah, yeah. We've made it as brain dead as possible. So it's going to taste great. Like we're doing all the sauces, all of the vegetables, everything exactly the way we would do were we to serve it at Alinea. So you're talking about the demi-gloss is like a three-day demi-gloss. It takes, you know, we're boiling giant vats down and whatnot. So there are no shortcuts being taken. We're not suddenly using bullion cubes or something like that, right? Nick never would have considered doing something like this before the pandemic. But this was a matter of survival. So he had to make things simple. Alinea, you know, we're doing three-hour, multi-course, very complicated meals. What we decided to do was make it approachable. Um, the first two weeks, we did a, a short rib beef wellington with uh, Robuchon mashed potatoes and a salad, and it was $34. Um, we had thousands of people on the wait list for it. And what people need to remember, like if you're listening to this in New York, this sounds like a terrible idea. Every other city, for better or worse, right now for better, we have cars, these things called cars. Right. So, um, you know, with Alinea, we have a 15-minute window where it's your pickup window, and people are lining up in their cars 
And uh, when people arrive, they just text us. We know what car they're in. We go and get their food. We bring it out. People are wearing gloves. They have, they have masks on. They pop the trunk and we put it in the trunk. It's completely contactless. Um, and we, we put 350 cars through in three hours. Wow. Okay. And what, what the most important piece of this is, in addition to the fact that we brought back 60% of our staff already, we are putting a fund of the operating profits of this to pay our staff when we hire the rest back so that they will get back pay during the time that they were at home. We are bringing some joy to people. That's important right now. It's incredibly important, right? So, like, people are bringing out their, uh, like, their China from when they were married, right? And they're putting their pictures on the web, and they're like, hey, my first Alinea meal only costs 35 bucks. <laughs> now, of course, it's not really an Alinea meal, but it is delicious. We're, we're doing an Easter feast for Easter brunch. And, and our other restaurants are doing that as well. So Nick's restaurant is doing a whole new kind of takeout. And he's doing it without using a third-party delivery app. How is he pulling that off? He adapted an app he'd developed years ago to help high-end restaurants manage their table reservations. Yeah, so I, I'm the uh, co-founder of Talk, uh, and it's an online booking system. Uh, back in 2010, when we started building Next Restaurant, I became very frustrated with some of the limitations of Open Table. I didn't know who my customers were, you know? Like, all the normal sort of business that you do, especially nowadays digitally, you know, you want to know your customer and you want to know their preferences so that you can serve them even better. So we started building all these tools for our own restaurant. And by 2014, I partnered with Brian Fitzpatrick and we started Talk. So you had Talk, you've had it for a while now, and then all of a sudden this pandemic hits. And so you decide to pivot, right? You decide to suddenly turn talk into a, sort of a takeout kind of service and no longer just a reservation service. When we started building talk to go, we literally were like, our entire business is just like every restaurant. Our entire business at talk is going to zero. There will be no reservations in the United States of America. What do we do? And then what we decided was we're going to build our own carryout software through talk. And, and make it available to the industry. And we're going to do that at a flat 3% with no monthly fee. So what do you mean by 3%? So instead of charging 20 plus percent um, to the restaurant, we charge 3%. So if the sale is $100, we get $3. That's enough to keep our lights on. And now we are all the way back to processing over a million dollars a day in carryout business for restaurants that do not typically do carryout. So, Nick, how does this app work if I'm a restaurant that wants to use it? The main difference between that and other platforms was, A, we weren't going to charge for, you know, 20% or more for the service. And B, we set up the inventory control on the back end of Talk on the dashboard in the way that a restaurant actually works for service. So instead of just saying, like, hey, you know, 50 hamburgers got ordered and they're going to go out to some delivery person out the back door— we set it up so that the kitchen control how many people come per 15-minute window to pick up a meal. And that's the way kitchens operate with expediters for sit-down restaurants. And so because we had expertise with that, we set it up in a completely unique and different way. And that's what we wanted to do during this time. Like, we want to help be the bridge between this awful pandemic and the future of, of the industry. 
Have lots of restaurants adopted this talk-to-go formula for, for your, your app? Yeah, we've got over 300 restaurants that are live already. We have over 850 that are in the process of coming on board, um, really as fast as they can get their kitchens going again. Um, and we have great success stories. Um, it's not just the high-end places um, like in Naka in, you know, selling bento boxes in Los Angeles and having a wait list of 3,000 people a day or something like that. But there's a small <laughs> restaurant that emailed us and said, when we were busy before the pandemic, we would do three to $4,000 a day in sales. And I just hired three more cooks because we're doing $20,000 a day in sales. Oh, wow. I have hundreds of pages of emails of, of restaurants saying, this is saving us in Berlin, in Australia. And I have to say, like, I mean, we've been working 20-hour days. It's never felt better in a weird way because we know mm. that we're having an impact on reemploying people, right. feeding communities, all of that. It, 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 it's work that we've been doing for years, but it feels important now. Do you see Talk2Go as competing against uh, other services like Caviar or DoorDash or Uber Eats? Yeah, I think it's it's different and, yes, competitive. But the real critical thing is that we're letting restaurants control their pickup and delivery, especially now that's incredibly important, right? You want to know where your food came from. You want to know how it was handled. You want to, if you can get... Um, pickup, that's a great way to do it because, you know, it can be contactless, right? So that control and giving that control to the restaurant is important on a good day, I think, but it's really, really important right now. Despite having talk to go up and running fairly early on, Nick still had to furlough most of his 300 restaurant employees, but he's hopeful that he can hire them back. So far, he's been able to rehire more than half of his 84 Alinea staff thanks to this takeout scheme. And he's making 75% of what his restaurant used to make. You know, I see a lot of people saying all the reasons why something can't be done, like the industry won't survive or the industry won't have a bridge to the future or it's a terrible business to begin with. And honestly, I, I, every night I get a little bit more angry because the thing that got us to where we are is, is creativity and, and a push and a drive to get up every day and work really hard and bring people that joy. And what we find is that people are responding to that doubly right now. Nick Kokonis is the co-owner of the Alinea Group and the CEO of Talk. I'm Ariel Dimros, and this is Reset. Over the last few weeks, we've been documenting how people are adapting to the pandemic using technology. So I have a question for you all. What new piece of tech are you using right now to help you get through this pandemic? What new app or new device have you discovered because you're spending time at home? I want to know. Send me your recorded answers to reset at vox.com. That's it for today's show. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. 
We'll be back on Sunday. Later, nerds. <laughs>